Mentors Collective. If you don't have a podcast in 2024, you're late, but it's not too late. On this episode, I've got a good friend, Mark Savant, host of the After Hours Entrepreneur Podcast, and he's an expert in scaling podcasts and redistributing content so that you have an unlimited supply of high-quality content that's going to get you known, establish your credibility. And let's talk about scaling and starting a podcast, Mark. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me on this. Excited uh, to dive into this as a podcast host myself. Hopefully, I learned a few things. Welcome, brother. JJJ, what's up? What's up, Pam? Mark, you're fun. I'm, I'm excited to dive in, have some fun with you. How long have you been podcasting, brother? I started podcasting five years ago. I was, I just hated my day job. I would wake up every Monday just like, oh, why do I have to go do this insurance job? Insurance sucks. God bless you, anyone that's insurance. Um, <laughs> I went through a bunch of different potential business opportunities. I launched a show because I just thought it looked cool and I was learning a lot. And then uh, five years later, I owned my own agency. I help business owners launch and automate their own podcast. I've spoken to some of the biggest, best entrepreneurs in the world, professional athletes, presidential candidates. Uh, and there ain't no turning back, brother. The best thing about this thing is you get to interview and talk to and build relationships with people that you otherwise wouldn't normally have access to. So that is a, everybody needs a podcast for that reason alone. But Mark, talk to me, what are the biggest barriers to starting a podcast? Why do people fail? The, the number one pre reason that people fail, which by the way, it's somewhere close to like 90% of podcasts don't make it to episode seven. The number one reason people fail is they underestimate the, the workload. Um, and they, cause they just don't, they haven't figured it out yet. They haven't figured it out. It cost me tens of thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of hours to actually get to something that mattered. Um, but you know, as someone who talks to a lot of podcasts, I was talking to someone the other day and they're like, Hey Mark, I'm going to have this awesome show. I'm going to go to the studio once a week. I'm going to talk to all these C-suite executives. And I'm like, bro, you're, you're going to be taking basically half of your day once a week, that's not sustainable. That's not even including all the prep that goes into it, the editing, the production. So what we need to do, what I, what I do when I'm working with business owners is, hey, let's try to make it as simple as possible. Let's use AI, let's use systems, let's generate some income and revenue off the show and let's find a way to make it sustainable. 100%, and I'm here sitting in my, my work office with a mic and a camera, simple. You can do it when you need to do it. I think as soon as you start adding barriers to your life, that's when the longevity of your project dies. So Mark, what is your ideal simple setup for a podcast? What does your tech stack look like? What does your equipment stack look like? Okay, right. So you're, you know, the, hard, the trickiest thing to get right is lighting. But as far as hardware goes, you're going to need lights. You're going to need a decent camera. You're going to need a decent microphone. That's about it. And you know, I have a soundboard. I've got you know, $5,000 worth of camera equipment. Right? You don't need all of that to start off. Um, but you, you want to make sure I'd say you want to invest in some decent lights, a USB mic that plugs right into your computer. We want to keep it simple, 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 right? Like right now I'm actually just wearing underwear, right? I just have a shirt and underwear. No, I'm just kidding. I am wearing pants, but prove it. The, the point <laughs> is you keep it simple. We keep it simple. So, uh, lights, camera, microphone, right? Um, for software, it depends on your goals, but for software, we're going to want a way to book counter appointments. We're going to have some automations built in because the people we want to bring on our show are either our ideal clients or their ideal referral partners. So we want to have some automation set in um, and we want to have a CRM. We want that tech stack. You and I, we use Go High Level. That's one of my preferred tools. Uh, next, we want to make sure we're recording on a platform. Right now, we're recording on Riverside.fm. My opinion, probably the best way to record. Great audio, 
great video. You can even live stream with it, but it's, it's really good for that. Um, and then we need all the editing on the back end. Quite frankly, I got tired of editing in dark, dank rooms, trying to learn Adobe. The first time I opened up Adobe Premiere Pro, I was like, what? It's too many buttons. So I think that yeah. now is a really great time to outsource either to an agency like what I do or to outsource to some uh, virtual assistants and use the power of AI to empower them. I love that. Couldn't agree more. For people getting started thinking about starting a podcast and maybe you're like, I don't have the money for a decent camera, for a decent mic. Uh, can you give me some, some cost specs? Like what is a good starter camera? What does a good starter mic look like? I mean, frankly, for a camera, you can just use whatever you've got. Use, use a webcam. I mean, I've got, I'm on a DSLR camera right now, which is, you know, five, six, $700 for a decent DSLR camera. Um, but you could just use a 1080p webcam. It's pretty, pretty stock, pretty standard. Uh, for microphone, you can get a decent USB microphone starting at about 80 bucks. Uh, the Audio-Technica ATR 2100 is a decent one. The Samsung Q2U, also a good one. Right now, I'm here on the Shure SM7B, which is about a $500, $600 mic. This is the same mic that Joe Rogan uses. And he's I've got, got that one at home. Awesome mic. So yeah. just to give you a ballpark, 100 to $500 for a great mic. Yeah, uh, I guess we might as well share the ones I'm using right now. MV7, this is a USB mic, plugs right into the computer, also a Shure. Doesn't get quite the audio quality that my SM7B does that, that I have at home, but it gets pretty close for the simplicity of using it. And then my camera, Sony ZV-E10 with a, with a nice lens on it, a thousand bucks. So definitely not prohibitory. Starting a podcast was unbelievably affordable. And getting people the on my thing, podcast- The other thing, by the way, that you're doing really well easy. there, Jay- yeah, is it looks like you're using natural light. You've got a nice big window in front of you, which is giving you some nice natural light, which is a, a very inexpensive way to get lighting. It's a little bit unpredictable depending on the way the, um, the, the way that the sun decides to wake up that day or the, the time yeah. of day, but that's a really affordable way to just have a window facing you. Yeah. And I think you get the best quality. I'm very fortunate to have this big floor to ceiling window right in front of me. Uh, very cool. Uh, Mark, so say we started a podcast, we got zero episodes, we got a camera, we got a mic, we're ready to start rolling, we've got go high level set up. Uh, how do you get guests on your podcast? Say you've got a guest in mind, what do you what do you do to approach them? Uh, what's that look like? Well, I mean, the way that I started was I just started DMing people that I was interested in talking to. I just went to Instagram, started DMing a bunch of people. I, you know, I started sloppy, but I had Pat Flynn on my show by episode 20, who's one of the biggest affiliate marketers in the world. Huge. Um, so, you know, I think, I think starting with people that you're curious about is, is better. I, you know, one of the things and we just, so I just had Jay on my show after hours entrepreneur. And what did I do? I didn't really ask questions based on what other people would be interested in. I asked questions based on what I was interested in. Like, how can you help me grow my business? I had Neil Patel on my show and I was asking questions about how to rank my own website on Google, right? I had Noah That's Kagan awesome. on my show. How do I uh, generate more income from all these different ideas that I have? So um, I find that the best way to go is find people that I'm interested in talking to either as someone who's going to be a good coach for me or a mentor, um, someone that's going to be a good referral partner or someone that's maybe my ideal client. And I just reach out at scale. Um, it's a little bit easier once you get going because you have, again, more credibility. People can see examples. They say, oh, you're getting a thousand downloads an episode or something like that's cool. I'm, I'm more interested now. Um, but in my experience, Jay, it's, it's, it's not so hard to get guests. It's hard to tell guests no. I get hit up 
so so many times, so many times Same. a day for people that want to be on my show. Yeah. And then interview skills, right? For for those that want to do this style podcast, right? Having experts on their show, learning from them. You know, I have the Mentors Collective podcast. Reason I started this is so that I can learn from people that are doing really cool stuff in business. But I will say my first probably 50 episodes, I was not a very good interviewer. Does that matter? Are there ways to get better at interviewing? Well, just like anything, I think practice makes perfect. But this is one of the things that people don't talk about when it comes to podcasting. Podcasting is going to make you a better public speaker. It's going to make you a better storyteller. Like, yes. I'll give you a perfect example. A few weeks ago, a few months ago, I was invited to go to, to Tampa, to the Entrepreneur Organization's annual event in Tampa. They have about 1,600 members there. Every business owner there is making over a million dollars. And they said, hey, we'd like you to set up a podcast booth. You're a podcaster, set up a podcast booth. I have a chance to interview about 12, 15 people. But while I was there, one of the speakers got sick and they said, hey, Mark, you know about AI. You know about AI and business. Would you actually fill in on the main stage and speak for us? And I was like, okay, sure. Put a few slides together, got up on stage. I would not have had that chance if I didn't have a backlog of content, if I didn't understand storytelling. Uh, podcasting will bring all sorts of opportunities because you're growing as a person. It's like, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy to me, Jay. Like, it's, it, you know, people are like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym, but I would get liposuction. You, 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 you kind of have to put in, in the reps, I think, to become proficient at speaking, which, quite frankly, is probably one of the most important skills in this day and age where we're all living online. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, having this podcast and be, doing, taking part in so many interviews has made me an infinitely better content creator, infinitely better communicator. So that's a, a a side benefit that not a lot of people think of. That's a good insight there. All right. So Mark, also, I just want to point one more thing out yes. is that one of the problems I think people get into when they first start a podcast is they change into a different person, become mm -hmm. too mechanical. They turn into Tom Brokaw. And this is how I ask, just be you, just be you. Like I'm talking about not wearing pants on camera. You know what I'm saying? Like be authentic and be you. And I find that that a makes it a lot more fun and people respond better to that. I think that's why the podcast medium is doing so well. People just want to tune into two normal people having a conversation, not the polished YouTube video, not the polished talk. So yes, that's great advice. I think the more you, the more out there, the more free that you can be on those conversations, the more people are going to be interested to listen. Uh, but that could be hard to do. Uh, it takes a while to really get loose in front of a camera, knowing that, that it's rolling and this is going to go live. Uh, but I'm, I'm with you there 100%. Uh, so one of the hardest things that I've noticed as a podcaster and talking to other people with podcasts is it's not like YouTube. It's not like Instagram, where you can just create good content for a while and the algorithm's all of a sudden going to start pushing your content to the top. It can be hard to get discovered as a new podcast. It seems like people are pretty stuck on the podcast that they listen to, and they don't really venture out very much. Mark, what can you do as a podcast host to reach a, a wider audience or hack the algorithm of podcasts? Right. So I think sometimes people get it backwards. They think, hey, I'm going to promote on social media. I'm going to be a guest on other shows. Um, I'm going to send out emails to drive traffic to my podcast. And that's great. That stuff does work, right? But I think what people, they, we have it backwards. It's not about using all these other platforms to promote my podcast. It's about using my podcast to promote all my other platforms. And I'll, I'll explain exactly how this works, right? I show up 
you know, today we're, we're meeting up for about 45 minutes. I show up to 45 minutes to meet an interesting person, a good business connect, someone I'm going to see at a conference in the future and be like, Jay, what's up? I spend 45 minutes once a week. That's my entire digital media presence. My team turns that into my blog. They turn that into my email. They turn that into my LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. They turn that into my YouTube channel. They turn it into shorts. I have multiple YouTube channels. So it's, it's, we live in a world where if you're not showing up, you don't exist. The yellow pages are gone. Nobody cares about where you're at in the phone book. People care about who's showing up in my newsfeed, right? And so I think of it in, in kind of in the inverse. I don't really care how many downloads I get to my podcast. I care about right. showing up all the time in front of everyone and continue to iterate. So when you start to re rethink about your podcast in that, that shape, uh, you start to get value day one day one you start to get value great way to think about it sounds like a lot of work repurposing that long form podcast into all of those different platforms all that different content how do you do it do you have a system do you use ai walk me through your process of taking this piece of content and repurposing it for all of those different platforms so when you're looking at your your business because i consider the podcast kind of like a mini business within the business we got to look at three things what do i want to do what can I hire people to do and what can I automate? What kind of systems can I use? So uh, Zapier is a really powerful tool. We were kind of talking about that a little bit before. I send someone a calendar link. I use Zapier to set off automations like creating uh, uh, forms and creating Google Drive folders. Uh, I can even use Zapier and ChatGPT to create talking points because you know I don't know exactly what I'm gonna ask. That can save on time preparing. Uh, that's a way to set that up. Obviously, you can use Go High Level as well. It's a way to set up automations. Um, there's a, a ton of tools for editing. CapCut, great tool. Um, Descript is an awesome tool. Uh, the, the Adobe Premiere Pro has a bunch of tools. I use a program called Cast Magic. Cast Magic is a sick tool for creating show notes. I love that. I'm glad you used that. I didn't know anyone else was using Cast Magic. It was on AppSumo a while back. It is so easy for my team now to get all the information that they need out of a podcast. Highly recommend. Dope. And the guy Blaine, the, the founder, is awesome. Yeah. Uh, Cast Magic is, I've, and I've used quite a few different show note writing tools. Cast Magic is my favorite. You can even like create your own custom prompts within cast magic so it'll start out with all like the traditional ones like keywords title takeaways summary email but you can say hey i also want a linkedin post or i want a twitter post it's under 256 characters and it can kind of create custom um you know custom prompts for your for your and then you can you can automate that with zapier and so there's a lot of cool things you can do on that side but, but quite frank so here's here's where i'm at jay um you, we can automate a decent part, a decent amount of this, but there are places where you're going to need to insert humans to help out. So yes. for me, I say, what I do is I do a monthly training day with my entire team. And I say, Hey, what are you using? Jill, what are you using? James, what are you using here? And we, we, we actually go through a training process once a month to see what's working, what's not working, what's giving us weird feedback, what, et cetera. So by doing that, I'm able to empower my team who are all 1099 WEs. They live all over the world from India to Serbia to the Philippines. I'm able to empower them with these AI tools because English is a really tricky language to write in, let's face it. And one of the challenges that people overseas have had historically is it's hard to write in English. It's just tricky. There's all these little weird nomenclatures and stuff like that. Well, 
if I can give them the right tools and the right training with AI, now all of a sudden they go from being a level two or three typist to level seven or eight. And they become very, very efficient. And uh, the, the same thing applies to video. The same thing uh, applies to imagery. All right, super helpful. Uh, so AI, we talked a little bit about cast magic. Are there any tools that you guys are using right now, say for editing? So you give a long form podcast video. Uh, is there anything that you can do to timestamp that video, find the best moments, find the best clips, or is this all video editors that you outsource and hire? What, what options are out there for us? So we do a little bit of both. One of the cool programs that we're using is a program called Descript. And what mm. Descript does is it transcribes the entire episode, okay? Once the entire thing is transcribed, it's very easy for you to edit, not the video portion, but the written portion. So um, for example, let's say you wanna make clips that have to do with AI tools. You can use Descript, you type in the word AI, it'll find all the different places within the video they talk about AI and then the editors can just take clips out of there or you can take clips out of there. Right. Um, then what I, you know, then we, we kind of put it through a couple programs that can add B roll, things like that. But one of the things that we do on the back end is we're always looking for the videos that perform. If video performs, we put it into one folder. If video doesn't perform, it goes to another folder. Then we have content that we can wash, rinse, repeat in the future. Like I had a video on Instagram that reached 150,000 people. It was uh, I had Sean Cannell on the show. Guess what? That show, that, that clip is in rotation now. And so every month, every couple of months, we're going to reshare that clip because we know it performs. Very cool. You've had some huge. Um, so anyway, that's a show. program called Descript. Highly, highly recommend. Another cool thing you can do with Descript is you can, let's say you want to take out all the filler words, like all the times that the word um is used. You can just type in um, yeah. delete it and remove it. Uh, which is cool, which can be good. Although you need to be careful with the tool like that because it can sound kind of like the record skipping. We use filler words to keep the cadence of a sentence. But if you right. remove that, that filler word, it removes the cadence of the sentence, which can, which can lead to some weird audio examples. So anyway, that's kind of where some, uh, it's, it's a cool thing to play with or to work with someone that's had a little more experience with tools. And we mentioned Riverside uh, at the beginning of this. That's what we're, we're recording on now. They've built in some really cool AI technologies as well. They can remove those filler words. And now they're also trying to identify the best short moments in the episode. And they'll actually give them to you as you're trying to export the episode. They'll like look at those short moments. And it's not very good at editing or adding subtitles yet, but they're, they're working on it. There's another tool that we use called opus.pro. On some of our mm -hmm. lower value episodes, we have a podcast named Scaling Secrets that we use as a lead magnet to talk to high power CEOs. So we've got three hosts running that show. And all of those episodes will import into opus.pro and it will spit out the most viral clips rated with subtitles. It'll change the, the cuts. Very cool technology. I, I don't know if you've, you've tested any of that or uh, compared it to what humans can do, but sometimes it gets pretty close. Fast, very fast, very scalable. The other thing that I just want to highlight that you're talking about there is you're, it sounds like you're using that podcast as a sales tool. You've got yes. three different salespeople all running the podcast. And in those, what you're doing there is you're inviting strategically people that probably wouldn't want to be on a call. They're like, oh, I'm just going to get on the call. Right. I'm just going to get sold. No, you're going to be on a podcast, which is another great strategy. I want to invite my ideal client onto this podcast, and then I can have a sales team that's managing it. That's a really good strategy. I'm glad you highlighted that. Yeah. And not just that, uh, we're giving them content. Most of these people aren't creating content on their own. So we're creating content for them. We're giving them some promotion because we've got a dedicated Instagram page and LinkedIn. 
uh, all for, for that podcast. We're going to be publishing this, tagging them, collaborating with them. So now they're going to accept that collaboration request. And now their audience of hopefully CEOs and entrepreneurs sees that, comes over to us. It's a really great sales tool. So something to think about uh, for businesses out there trying to generate really high quality leads. It's hard to get decision makers of massive companies on a sales call. It's much easier to get them on a podcast. Amen. Mark, who are your favorite podcasters and why? What are some lessons that people can learn from these people? Um, I'm really, I'll just highlight a couple that I'm really liking now. I really like the all, the all in podcasts, a few tech bros that are just basically on zoom calls, but what they highlight on that show is it's not necessarily the quality of the production. It's the quality of the information that's shared. And you know, if you're an expert in something, I kind of feel like you have a, almost a duty to share that experience, you know, on a selfless ba basis. So they do, they do that really well. Um, I think, you know, if, if we want to, if, if we really want to stand out, I think, you know, if you really want to be like a big podcaster, I think you need to consider doing an in-person thing, more in-person stuff. There are hundreds of millions of dollars that are exchanging hands behind the scenes. You know, I was invited to be on a show the other day. I get invited to be on a lot of shows and I was like, okay, cool. I'd be happy to go on the show. And it's like, okay, go ahead and fill out this form. I'm like, there's a $5,000 guest fee to be on this show, five grand. And I, you know, I decided not to do it because I won't go into it, but I decided not to do it. But what I was doing is I was looking at who are the previous guests that have been on the show. He's had people like Ty Lopez. He just had Damon John on the show. And what this guy is doing is he's using high guest fees from people to come on the show and he's leveraging that revenue to pay out big guests. Because you're going to get mm. Ty Lopez, to, you're going to have to fly him out. He's going to have to come to your show. You're probably paying 10, 15, 20,000. Some people charge up to $40,000. You want Gary Vee to come on your show for an hour, you're probably going to be shelling out $100,000, right? Right. Um, but, but what this guy is doing, I think is really clever in that, um, he's charging a premium fee for people to come on his show and then using that revenue to pay out big names, uh, and which causes that halo effect. I want to be on that show. Damon John was on that show last week. I want to be on that show. Sure. I'm, I'm down with the 5k. So I think that's a really, I think something that people don't really think about, um, when it comes to this, this industry, but that's a big part of it. Interesting that you said that. I recently paid my first guest fee. I've never paid one before in my life, uh, but I'm flying out to Vegas in March for a show I'm very excited for. For that a same effect, the same reason that got me to buy is what you're saying. I'm like, damn, he's had all of these huge names on his podcast. Uh, they must have a bunch of listeners. The content looks awesome. I'm going to be you know, in a feed with all of these people, like the, super cool for me. So interesting business model for sure. I never thought about paying guests to come on your podcast with the profits though. That's, that's really good insights. Uh, I so do Mark, think, by the way, I think it's a good way to generate income from day one. It's going to be hard to get sponsors yeah. on your show, but it's a lot yeah. easier to say, Hey, I'd like to invite my, um, invite you onto my show. It's, you know, a couple hundred bucks or something that helps me pay for the production. It's a lot more palatable for people. And it's a good way to start to at least fund your podcast, because if you're not generating an income, it's hard to substantiate continuing with the show. So um, having either a small or very large guest fee up front, I, I think is an underrated way of monetizing your show. Yeah, great point. Mark, for people that want to start a podcast or maybe they already have a podcast, want to take it to the next level, maybe need some help managing it, where's the best place for them to go and best place to, to follow you on social? Uh, you can find me at marksvontmedia.com, marksvontmedia.com. And uh, I'd love to, you know, chat with you, find a way to automate your podcast, 
bring up the quality, make it easy. We want to make it as easy as possible. I want you to be able to spend less than 30 minutes a week on the podcast. We take care of everything else. That is the problem we solve at marksvantmedia.com. All right, go to marksavantmedia.com. That will be linked down in the description if you're listening to this on podcast or watching this on YouTube. Mark, thank you, brother. I learned a lot about podcasts today. Excited to uh, have built this relationship with you and hopefully we'll see you at a conference very soon. Looking forward to that, Jay. Thanks.